0: SECTION 35 OF LETTERS FROM VICTORIAN PIONEERS This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Betty B. LETTERS FROM VICTORIAN PIONEERS Number 35 Middle of 1836. A. F. Mollison came to Port Phillip in a vessel from Hobart Town, to view the land, having gone from Sydney to Hobart Town, as there were no vessels sailing from Sydney to Port Phillip at that time. Major Mitchell had not returned from his journey through Australia Felix at this time. John Batman, MacKillop, Faulkner, and others had been settled at Port Phillip two or three months when A. F. Mollison arrived. Sheep, breeding ewes, were being brought over from Van Diemen's land for the first settlers, price 20 shillings. Having seen the country, he returned to Sydney via Van Diemen's land, and started, April 1837, from a station on the Morumbidgee, which he had bought a year before, with 5,000 sheep, collected from various quarters, price 25 shillings to 31 shillings, six pence, 600 cattle, 20 horses. End of 1837. After a long and harassing journey, wintering at Bontharambo, by the way, he reached Caliban and formed that station. Ebden had reached Karlsruhe six weeks before with stock, and shortly afterwards, Yaldwin came down and took up what is now W.H.F. Mitchell's country. I joined A.F. Mollison in 1838. We lived in Reed, Mia Mia's, and tents comfortably enough for some time. The winters were much drier. The Coliban, now a formidable stream when flooded, was crossed on a plank during the first winters. 1838. Pialong was occupied as a cattle station. W. Hamilton, Mundy, and Smythe, and F.A. Powlett followed in this quarter. 1839-1840. The head of the Lauden, present aboriginal station, was first occupied by A. F. Mollison. The country north of this river had been frequently explored before, but was called the Barren Plains, and supposed to be without water. Look at them now. 1840. Lyon-Campbell followed, and then L. McKinnon and others. Early part of 1841. Parker occupied our station on Laudan as reserve for the Aborigines, And settling there attempted to carry out the Exeter Hall views for their civilization with but slight success as was to be expected. The aborigines in our neighborhood, afterwards known as the Jim Crow tribe, were from the first peaceable. They were a small insignificant tribe frequently spoiled and oppressed by the more numerous and warlike tribes from the Goulburn, Murray River, and westward, who used to carry off their women etc. There is a tradition of one, if not two, bloody encounters between parties of these last tribes and Hutton's men. Hutton was then the farthest out to the northwest, and it is pretty well known that several white men, getting lost in the bush, were cut off by the natives, as they were never heard of afterwards. At any rate the shepherds felt, or pretended, so much alarm that, at the request of the settlers about and beyond Mount Alexander, a small party of the 28th Regiment was stationed on the Compospe during 1838 and 1839, to protect both whites and blacks. The squatters, or rather their men, should be in fairness freed from the imputation cast upon them by the protectors and missionaries of corrupting the native women. From the first, I know that the use of the women was offered by themselves and their husbands indifferently, for a very trifling gratuity. It was always believed that they were cannibals, that is, that now and then, under particular circumstances, they ate portions of the human body, rather as a right, perhaps, than to make a meal. There are traditions of portions of the body, usually hands or fingers, being observed in the lubra's bags, but of doubtful authenticity, I think. Certainly in conversation they admitted the fact, but this does not prove it, because we know that they will, at any time, admit or say anything which they think will please their interlocutor. Witness the bunny up and Mr. Powlett's Great Serpent of the Interior, both of which have been accurately described in fifty different shapes, also the volcanic eruptions of Jim Crow, etc., etc. In short, if leading questions are put to them, as is usually done by enthusiastic inquirers who are following up their own ideas, they, the natives, may, as I think, be made to say or to describe anything. 1839. Sheep were in this and the following year taken hens to Adelaide, considerable numbers by sea. Price paid here in 1839 by Macfarlane and others for the purpose of sending to Adelaide 27 shillings six pence for breeding ewes. Wheat sold at the Coliban at 20 shillings the bushel. January 1840. The first shipment of cattle hence to New Zealand by Welsh and others. Cows 10 pounds, steers 12 pounds. 1841. The first mill for grinding corn by water power was erected at the Coliban about this time. 1842 fat weathers this year from eight shillings to twelve shillings eighteen forty two to forty five in these years there was a great depression of the pastoral and agricultural interests yet the colony continued to advance slowly in point of comfort and property although there was but little money many squatters who in their earlier operations had become indebted to the merchants were obliged to surrender their stations and were left penniless The new men who bought at this time have become rich, escaping the privations and anxieties of the first pioneers, their predecessors. They have been floated on to wealth by the tide of general prosperity, but of the older settlers who held on, many pressed down by the unfavorable terms on which assistance was granted to them, have only recently, after a struggle of years, found themselves freed from their difficulties. Now, in the pride of wealth consequent on the wonderful gold discoveries, the early squatters, their sufferings and their services to the colony, are alike forgotten, and men seem to regard them as the new heir regards the furniture and portraits of the distant relative to whom he has succeeded, as something to be at once quietly consigned to the lumber room or the auction marts. 1845-53 to From this period there are printed records of the progress of the colony and its general statistics, which it will be at once more easy and more satisfactory to consult than somewhat loose memoranda. W. T. Mollison, Pialong, twenty-second August, 1853 End of Section 35